Welcome to Beauty and the Gee, the podcast about jujitsu and life from the female perspective. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and all sorts of questions about all things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt, and I run the Role Model Women's Only Grappling Camp. And we have a guest. We do. Actually in studio. It's our first in studio guest. I'm feeling pretty special about this. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Welcome being our very first in studio guest. <laughs> Are you going to introduce our guest? Sure. I'll introduce her. I think you should, because you probably know her pretty well, right? I mean, I know her okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so today's guest is my sister, Brittany. Hi. <laughs> Welcome so, to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I've known her her whole life. <laughs> Um, although she wasn't always my sister. Okay. True. Which is technically, I mean, you know, uh, we're technically stepsisters, but we grew up together. We grew up together. We, we lived next door to each other. So I was like, when her parents brought her home, um, from the hospital, I was there. So yeah. Nice. Always like my little sister. And then when (laughs) I was what, 16 and you were probably 11. Yeah. That's about right. We actually became sisters. Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that. That's yeah. great. <laughs> All See, right. Podcaster education. <laughs> they really, truly, truly they are. You never know what you're going to learn. <laughs> so, Brittany, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a yoga teacher and I'm also a mom of two boys. Um, I live in Carmel and I'm also a, an integrative nutrition health coach. Very nice. That's Carmel, Indiana. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Carmel, yeah. Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually have listeners from other states and countries. <laughs> we do. We are everywhere yeah. now. We are everywhere. <laughs> okay. So last year, I keep saying last year and this year, even though technically it's just still 2019, right. which was when women's camp was. Um, in 2019, at the last role model camp, we had Brittany in to teach yoga on Saturday morning. And she did an amazing job. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> she actually, how long had you been certified when you taught camp? Um, I was certified in December of 2018. Okay. So, so about four months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she said, I've never taught to 160 women. And I was like, most people haven't. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very good. weird thing. Like most people haven't taught to that many. <laughs> I think my largest class before that was nine. <laughs> big jump. Yeah, it's a big jump, but you did fantastic. I was very impressed. Um, You really researched how um, the jujitsu people would benefit from yoga. Thank you. Yeah, you did a really good job. And she was entertaining and talked through it. And uh, I, what's funny is you were the first one that weekend that really talked about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh, that's like my favorite thing ever to say. (laughs) And it really became a running theme for camp. Like oh, really? it was talked about a lot, all of camp and beyond that. Like if you listen mm-hmm. to the Q and A's, yeah. they talk a lot about getting comfortable That's being awesome. uncomfortable. So. I can't take credit for that though. So my partner that I've been with for 15 years always says that to me because I used to do everything in my power to avoid being uncomfortable. And he just kind of kept saying like, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I just roll my eyes at it. <laughs> and then, Somewhere along the way, I was like, dang it, he's right. And mm-hmm. hate that. it keeps coming up as a theme <laughs> right. in my life. So, <laughs> But yeah. it has helped you grow. Yeah. It has, yes, in many ways. Yeah. So at this next camp, we are actually going to have her uh, teach yoga both Saturday and Sunday mornings. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. It was just such a nice way to 
to start the morning. It was. It yeah. really was. And I do have the schedule all planned out because if you don't know me, you don't know I'm a crazy person, but I am. <laughs> so I have the schedule all planned out. So I think uh, one morning it's a little earlier than the other just to mm-hmm. fit everything in. But yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it'll be good to do both days. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you get into yoga to begin with? Well, I started doing yoga a long time ago. Actually, I took my first yoga class with you, AJ. When oh, we that's went, awesome. <laughs> remember when we went to the gym across the street from the school of like a million years ago when okay. we took a couple yoga classes and I liked it, but I wasn't really in a place in my life where I was felt ready to be dedicated to it. And then um, about six years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And after my diagnosis, I um, completely changed my life, mm-hmm. diet, everything. And that sort of evolved into changing my mindset. And I was meditating without really knowing I was meditating. Um, and then after my surgeries, I had a lot of, I didn't have a lot of range of motion in my shoulders and my chest area. So I just started with child's pose. And then it just evolved into just doing yoga as much as I could. And it gave me my range of motion. They told me I maybe would never lift my right arm completely in the air. And I can do that now with wow. no problems. So, and it it didn't just help me physically. It helped me mentally. It helped me emotionally. And it just, it, it just became something that I had to have in my life. Otherwise, I just felt out of sorts. I just needed yeah. it. And so then I thought, oh my gosh, if I could teach this to other people, how great would that be? So that's how I got into it. Yeah. yeah. And, and is that kind of the same with the nutrition aspect as well? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I ate a very typical diet before getting sick. I was eating a lot of processed convenience foods, not a whole lot of fruits and vegetables. Um, and when I got sick, that was something that I just kept reading was you you have to change your diet. You have to change your diet. And so that's what I did. And I sort of I had a lot of free time, you know, when you're going through chemo and stuff, you don't really want to get up and do things. So I did a lot of reading, a lot of research, and I've learned a lot in the last six years just on my own. And then I got my health coaching certification. That's awesome. So from a diet standpoint, what is a good just like not going out and changing the whole thing? Right. Just a baby step to kind of get started in the right direction. I I think a good thing to do, most people focus on what can I not eat? Mm -hmm. What should I not eat? I think instead, if you can crowd out those things with good things, so focusing Mm -hmm. on fruits and vegetables, whole foods, fill yourself up with those so that you're too full really to eat those foods that are bad or Uh things that we don't want to eat. That way you kind of eventually, you just sort of get away from it. You don't even realize it's happening. Mm -hmm. So I think just incorporating more whole foods like fruits and vegetables, whole grains is the first step that tends to be the easiest, I think. Yeah. It doesn't feel like such a huge change. I had Brussels sprouts for the first time this past year. I love Brussels sprouts. It's like changed my life. They are the best things ever. They are. I used to hate them, (laughs) but I love them now. I think part of it is like, you know, when we were growing up, Uh (laughs) they were... I don't know, maybe steamed or something that overcooked, overcooked and mushy. Lots of veggies are overcooked. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why a lot of people are like, oh, I hate vegetables. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about like grandma, she used to boil the crap out of things. That's exactly what I think. Yeah. It has like no flavor, weird texture. (laughs) Right. It doesn't need to be like that. No, no, it does not have to be like that. <laughs> no. And this is like Brussels sprouts and beets. Anyone yes. that's like, I don't like those. I'm like, I challenge you. You come to my house. I will make them for you and you will love them. Yeah. We, ha- I mean, together for family dinners, 
sweet yeah. potatoes and beets roasted together is beets. a big That's thing for really? us. Really? Oh yeah. God, I have not done the beets. Oh I love gosh. the sweet potatoes. All it's right. really good. Okay. That's my next challenge. I will make you some sweets and beets and you will love them. Yeah. <laughs> I love the podcast and all the things that come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge beet fan. I never really liked beets a lot. Like I just don't like the pickled beets so yeah, much. They like, can roast. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like That's bad. That's yeah. not for me, but roasted beets. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take your word on that. Or juiced beets actually. So I make a lot of green juice at home uh-huh. and my kids are really kind of like, mm, like they'll drink it, but they're not crazy about it. Yeah. If I juice a beet, that's the only difference. I don't know if it's because it changes the color or what, but they will drink the heck out of it. That's crazy. It's so good for yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, I do try to warn everyone in case you're going to go try beets for the first time. You will poop red. Really? Absolutely. The amount of people that think <laughs> oh, I they're just want to die now. the next day. <laughs> I totally thought so. When I, I never really ate beets before. And when I first started, that was something because I just like gotten over my cancer stuff and had gone through treatment. So I started eating, juicing and eating beets. Yeah. And I was like, no, like I thought for oh sure. My gosh. And so then I started making the connection. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm drinking beet juice. And then I watched an episode. <laughs> Of the Big Bang Theory, and they talk about <laughs> it on there. Sheldon great. thinks he's dying because of beets. <laughs> yep. And I was like, ah, oh, there it is. That's my problem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a point in time where mom was drinking so much beets that like her urine was a little pink, pink too. Yeah. And then she was like thinking something's wrong. Oh but my nope, gosh. Just, it's just beets. beets. <laughs> educational again. Yeah. Podcasts are educational. <laughs> oh so God. if you eat beets and the next day uh-huh. you're not dying. Maybe okay. even two days. Most likely. Just, you know, well, okay. yeah, depending on, on your digestion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this might be my most favorite conversation on the podcast. <laughs> First time we've talked about poop, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It took us all this time. I'm so surprised. It must be me because poop comes up, I think, every time I have a conversation. That's true. You bring out the best in people. So much. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He's not like poop talk. No. And it always comes up. Yeah. Yeah. It always comes up. Yeah, true story. So I think uh, at this point in time, people would like to know where you are with your diagnosis and everything after hearing, you know, stage four at the age of 28. Yeah. Like- yeah. So stage four usually is not a great thing to hear. It. So if you don't know what stage four means, it means that, so for me, my cancer was breast cancer originated in my breast and then it spread from my breast for me to my liver. So Other people can have it spread to like their bones or their brain or the liver. For me, it was just liver, but I had 10 tumors in and on my liver. And um, the outcome of that, only about 22% of people diagnosed make it past the five-year mark when they get stage four. Um, Today, though, I am cancer-free. I go and get my checkup every three months. They do blood work. I get a CT scan once a year. And I've been cancer-free since January of 2014. And I was diagnosed March of 2013. So now I'm just trying to keep myself healthy and keep on this, the this I guess, right track. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. I also think, you know, because primarily our listeners are women, although I have men tell me every day, almost as a secret that they listen to the podcast, they'll come up and be like... <laughs> Just so you know, I really like your podcast. I'm like, it's okay. So do a lot of other guys. It's like, really? Yeah, yeah, really. It's not just for women. It's just from women. Um, but I think how you like got diagnosed and everything is important to like maybe kind of telling us that story so that it is something 
to look out for? Sure. So I had just given birth to my second son. Um, he spent a couple weeks in the NICU at Riley Hospital. And um, because he was in the NICU, or I guess because he had a feeding tube while he was in the NICU, I wasn't able to directly breastfeed him. So I was pumping and we were in one of the rooms they give you to pump. And I just noticed something felt like I felt a lump or something hard, but I just assumed like, oh, it's probably just from breastfeeding. Yeah. I just had a baby. And I really didn't think much of it, but there was just this little voice in the back of my head that just kept saying like, you should probably say something about this. So I told my partner, Steven, and he was like, yeah, I definitely feel it. Let's just talk to the doctor when you go for your postpartum checkup. And I mentioned it to him. He felt it and said it didn't really feel like a clogged duct, which is what I originally yeah. thought. He's like, maybe a cyst, though. I mean, you did just have a baby. But he wanted me to go get an ultrasound just to be on the safe side. And two days later, I had an ultrasound. A couple days after that, I got the phone call that it was breast cancer. No history of it in my family. No wow. reason for I didn't really feel bad. I mean, I just had a baby, so I wasn't yeah. feeling great. But <laughs> I didn't feel like I was that sick. And then after that, after the ultrasound and then finding out it was breast cancer, they do further testing to see if it's metastasized or spread somewhere else. And I did all that testing and never thought like, oh, it's definitely spread. I was like, oh, pff, we caught it early. They always say, oh, you catch it early. We caught it early, we thought. And the first day I went in for chemo, the doctor came in and he's like, your results came back and there's 10 tumors in it on your liver. And it was just like, a huge slap to the face. So the I never thought that I'd have cancer, especially because it doesn't really run in the family. Um, so don't ever just think like it could You're never safe. happen. You're safe. Yeah. yeah. And checking yourself is super important. P pushing for testing if you want it. I've heard so many stories since my diagnosis of younger women, especially, who kind of feel something that's not quite right. And the doctors just dismiss them because they're young. Mm -hmm. But there's more and more cases of young women with breast cancer coming up today. And so I think it's really important that if you think something's wrong, push for the test. Push. I was lucky I didn't have to push for that kind of stuff. My doctor, actually 10 years prior to my case, had kind of the same situation with a patient. she just given birth, felt a lump. He was like, well, you're young. You're probably fine. Let's test it anyways. She had breast cancer. Wow. So with me, he was just like... No question, let's test. Yeah. 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 So I think it's important, though, if your doctor's kind of hesitant or thinks you're good because you're young, mm -hmm. go with your gut. One thing that was really amazing afterwards, like after her diagnosis, um, so I always say, you know, like the jujitsu community is very close. Um, we really rally behind each other when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and that that closeness is built very quickly because of the trust involved. Like, yeah. you're going to choke me. <laughs> right. My life is in your hands. <laughs> I expect that when I tap, you let go, right? right. Like, there's a very a very uh, closeness that comes right away. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was diagnosed in March. And in May, the beginning of May, we held a big fundraiser. And, I mean, it was primarily jujitsu people that came out. And several that hadn't met her but knew her son not the baby, but the older one, Devlin, yeah. uh, because Devlin spent had done jujitsu. Yeah, had done <laughs> jujitsu with us and spent a lot of time with us. And um, so most people referred to her as Devlin's mom. <laughs> yeah. I still get that actually, yeah. even though he doesn't spend as much time at the school now that he's older. But I get that. Oh, you're Devlin's mom. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's me. Yep, that's where I am. <laughs> um, but you know, like we were able to help, you know, raise a lot of money to just help them through it. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. everything from. You know, if they need it for doctor, if they need it for 
self-care if they need it, like whatever it was that they needed the money for, it was just like, let's, let's help this family. Um, and even though, you know, Brittany herself didn't do jujitsu because she was a part of our community, Mm -hmm. they, they really rallied together. Yeah. And I mean, the money was super helpful, but it was just really cool to see people. I really didn't know that were just so concerned and just there, you know, they were just, they were really willing to help. And I didn't expect even I was like, oh, it kind of felt weird. Like, oh, you're having a fundraiser for me. That's weird. Um, But like all these people showed up I didn't know and they were so sweet and genuine and it was just really cool to see. Yeah. 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 It it meant a lot to all of us. Yeah, I'm sure. Very, very cool. Very heartwarming for sure. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And people came from states away. Really? really, Like people from the jujitsu community that, you know, just would come up and yeah, it was really cool. I think you even had affiliate schools that raised money. Yeah. And sent it to AJ and yeah, yeah, wow. That never had met me before. It was mm-hmm. just really cool that they were like there for not just me, but for you right. and yeah. you know, right. yeah. the whole family. Really, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was really cool. So it's a good, good thing about jujitsu. So you've never done jujitsu, really? No, no. Well, there was that one time you taught me how to choke people out. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing to know. <laughs> it's my only jujitsu accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> Which was that the like. I mean, just once, just me showing you, or did it was before boot camp? But remember, I showed up and you and I think Risser and a couple other girls were just practicing before uh-huh. boot camp, and you were like, "Come here, and I'll teach you how to choke people out." <laughs> Sounds like me. So- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you taught me how to choke people out, and Risser tried real hard to get me to do jujitsu. <laughs> where where we will push you for the rest of your life, probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> I still send things to like my mom. That's like you know some jujitsu girl's mom that just turned seventy and started jujitsu. I'm like, you're much younger than her. You should come do jujitsu. <laughs> I will be a pusher my whole life. <laughs> oh yeah. But your boys both did some jujitsu. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they did. Devlin, I, I think, got a little more involved. Than yeah. He Levi. got to his yellow belt, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Levi, I, he was still really little when he was yeah. doing it. Yeah. I keep trying to push him to do it now, though, because he wants to be a ninja so bad. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Jujitsu, right? You can perfect. be a ninja. He, yeah. But it still hasn't clicked, clicked yet. just yet. He's yeah. just kind of like, nah, play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any ninjas that play soccer. I don't either. Me neither. <laughs> 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 and and Devlin, I think that it's, he's probably at a little bit of a hard age because he's 14 yeah. and, you know, tall and lanky and yeah. can get beat up by his 40-year-old aunt. So yeah. it's kind of a rough age. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also very involved with marching band right yes. now. He's yes, very musically oriented. Yeah, yeah. So, Which is really cool, though. Yeah. So maybe someday he'll come yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep my hopes up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll continue to push him too. Maybe he'll start at 47. Yeah, it's a good age. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, so what are you most looking forward to about the next camp? I honestly think that being able to go into a community that's not just there for yoga, they're there for something totally different and being able to show them, hey, Yoga is actually really cool, and you can still be like a badass, if I can say that. <laughs> like you can still do that, but this you can also do this yoga thing that kind of gets this floofy, wimpy kind of reputation sometimes, right? Um, and it'll actually help you with your own jujitsu, I guess practice. I don't know if yeah. that's the word, but yeah. you know, like it would it helps you improve in ways that maybe you wouldn't going other routes, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it really does help with your, you know, your strength, your core Mm -hmm. strength, your Mm -hmm. shoulder strength. Like 
Uh, Brittany's been teaching yoga at our Greenwood School, IBJJA, on Sundays. And she fixed everyone's downward dog. And the next day, everyone was like, my shoulders are so sore. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it was just, you know, surprising to them that it was such a workout too. So I think that's something that people underestimate a little bit about yoga. Right. Yeah. Because you're holding poses for an extended period of time. And the poses, if you're watching somebody do them, they don't appear to be that difficult mm-hmm. or they don't appear like you're really doing a lot of work. But you're engaging muscles all throughout your body. And when you're done, you're just like, holy cow, I am sore in places I didn't even realize I could be sore. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah you're working muscles that just normally don't get a lot of attention. Yeah. I mean, that's jujitsu too, right? Yeah. I, I always call jujitsu combat yoga. <laughs> it is. <laughs> People forcing you into positions. Right. So it's better if you've stretched. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I like that. Combat yoga. Combat yoga. Yeah, maybe actually- that'll get you into it. That's <laughs> Combat yoga. I like it. (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say it's funny because I've just started taking Pilates classes. Mm -hmm. And my dad actually was asking me, what the heck is Pilates? I was like, think of it as like if yoga had like a more hyperactive, beefier sister. So now it's like jujitsu is like, I don't know, her like really tough, scary sister. (laughs) I like it. I'll be the really tough, scary sister. That feels like me. Yeah, I feel like I hear all the time mean AJ's mean. So <laughs> ask me during warm ups. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay. So we always offer the audience an on the mat and an off the mat tip. Would you like to provide those today? Sure. So I'd say off the mat, focusing on your nutrition, I would say would be really important because when you're fueling your body properly with the things that it needs to function, then anything you do in life, your body's going to function better. So if you're an athlete, especially fueling your body with foods that are going to nourish your body, it's going to improve whatever you're doing, including jujitsu or yoga. Um, And I'd say on the mat, just do yoga. I like it. Yeah. I mean, even if you can just get in 10 minutes before class and you just learn some basic yoga, it's going to help you. So quickly, even though we had that on the mat, off the mat discussion already. <laughs> if there were a few poses that you would recommend that everyone kind of do before jujitsu, especially, what would those few poses be? Well, if you're wanting to warm up, and I mean, it's going to give you a stretch too, but just a basic sun salutation. I mean, you can Google it and find yeah. picture, you know, where it'll show you like what poses to do. A basic sun salutation, if you're kind of a flow person, you want to have step by step by step. Um, but I would say even just doing like a simple forward fold, bending at the hips to touch the toes, or even like you were saying, downward facing dog, because you're opening up the shoulders, mm-hmm. but you're also building strength there. You're opening up the hips, the hamstrings. And I found that a lot of times when I talk to jujitsu people about like, hey, where are you feeling tight? What do you want to work on today? Most of the time it's shoulders, hips, and hamstrings. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear that a lot. And I also, I've noticed too, like, Core strength maybe isn't as strong as I would think it would be when I'm watching people that do jujitsu yeah. try to do yoga. I realize like, wow, they they don't maybe have as much core strength as they could have mm-hmm. if they were maybe working those muscles a little more. So I th- I think you know core strength's important. Yeah, no matter what, even just in life. So if you can do these things to build that up, why not? Nice, very good, <laughs> yeah. very good. All right. So Jen, what would you recommend people do? 
I would recommend that they subscribe to this podcast, number one. The second thing that I would recommend that they do is share it with a friend that needs to hear it and then show them how to subscribe to this podcast. That's good. Uh Uh-huh. You got to show them and then you got to help them subscribe. Yeah, we talked about a lot of good things today, like making sure that you're proactive with your own health, whether Mm -hmm. that's, you know, testing or or nutrition or yoga, any of it, like very proactive. Yeah. So that's good. And I'm very excited to have you Thank at you. Women's Camp again this year. Thank I you. am I'm too. excited too. And have you twice. So it'll be good. It'll yeah. Be a great yeah. way to start both days. Yeah, I'm excited. Will. I won't be as scared this time. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe, maybe I will. The numbers will be more, I'm pretty sure. But, <laughs> but you'll be great. Well, don't tell me that now. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be wonderful. <laughs> If you would like to continue this conversation, join us in our brand new Facebook group, The Beauty and the Gee Gang. Go there, join the group. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Let us know about other things that you might want to see at camp down the road. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you can connect with us also on Instagram. You will find me there at Brassy Broad Jen. And I'm AJ Klingerman. And you can find us together at Beauty and the Gee Podcast. And we are also on the Twitter <laughs> at Beauty and the Gee. Very good. Oh, do you also want to say uh, about like when registration opens? Dang it. Yep. You can look for <laughs> registration for Women's Only Grappling Camp. That's the Role Model Women's Only Grappling Camp on the Fight Hub. We'll have a link in the show notes. I believe that when you are hearing this, registration will be open because it should be opening up today. And um, that camp will be May 1st through the 3rd, 2020 in Indianapolis, Indiana. And there are a limited number of spots for both women and young girls. We're doing a a next generation, uh, eight to 14 year old girls track. They'll have their own room, their own mats, their own instructors. It's going to be amazing. So you can register both yourself and your daughters at uh, thefighthub.com. Thanks for listening. And we will see you on the mat. And this has been a production of the Brassy Broadcasting Company. 